Hi, I'm Charles. I'm Christine. And, and we, we eat stuff. Hey, everybody. What's up? Christine Guthrie here. I'm from We Eat Stuff. You're listening to the podcast, We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. And happy Thanksgiving, you guys. I was just notified a little while ago that at my parents' house they had a quote-unquote turkey disaster, so I'm not really sure what's going to happen today, but that's okay. I'm editing this podcast, I'm recording all this, getting it done, it'll be good. So this week, our interview was with Christian Etheridge, who is the owner of Taco Circus in South St. Louis City. When Christian came over, he also brought his dog, Teddy, and so... Teddy and Waffles were also chilling while we were recording our interview. We so appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you very much, and enjoy our interview with Christian. Bye. Hi, Christian. Yeah, hello, and good (laughs) evening. Hello, world. Yes. Good afternoon. Greetings and yes. salutations. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Enjoying mm. this uh, weather change. Yes, it's been cool. nice. It's uh, not dissimilar to when the Berlin Wall came down. A lot of hope, a lot yes. of change, a lot of unknowns. Yes. Girls settling down with boys for the winter. Yes. It's handcuffing season. Handcuffing season. Yeah, so when you go out to the bars, you'll see girls on the prowl trying to find themselves a boyfriend for the, oh. for the winter. Interesting. Interesting. So they, it was kind of the Sadie Hawkins dance. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, Will Abner. Yeah. You know. Whoa, oh, look out. It's definitely a, uh, it's, it's definitely a uh, tradition like, passed down that has like, <clears throat> gotten new life as far as the name of it. But <laughs> definitely... Mm-hmm great-grandparents out there talking about handcuffing season. Wow, wow, wow. Interesting. I like that. Mm. <laughs> All right, so, well, then, to start off, the, who are you? My name is Christian. Human. 36 years old, cool. if you're going by the Christian calendar. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I cook for a living, and that's why we're here. Cool. cool. Where do you cook at? I cook at Taco Circus, small restaurant in Bevo Mill. Making the best tacos in St. Louis, in my opinion. Indeed. How long have you been at Taco Circus for? A year and a half now, I think. But it's been around a year and a half. Seems like a very short amount of time and a very long amount of time. Mm hmm. Gotcha. And uh, it's been great. Awesome. What'd you bring us to drink? Uh, this is a Malbec from Aldi, so <laughs> I had three bottles of wine at yeah, the house. Okay. One was a Bogle, and whoever brought Bogle is going to have a talking to, because mm. it's not worth the $9 that they charge mm. for it. Um, and then there was another cab that was expensive that, uh, I keep this one. Oh, okay. that uh, someone would have my neck if I... If I uh, drank that one, so mm-hmm. we got this, and the other reason why is this is this one was properly chilled in the mm. uh, in the fridge. Excellent. So I feel that. Yep. I feel the chill. So it's the proper it's the proper temperature, it's mm-hmm. proper room temperature, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. actually a little, little cold. 
And serving the mason jars is a good idea to help oxidize it. Yeah, and we were just talking about, I think that decanting in a wine glass is a myth. I think it's merely the time and the exposure to the air. Mm. And um, I would like to be able to see someone prove that they could tell the difference in mm. drinking it between between the two. But maybe yeah, I'm just a savage. There's probably no difference. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm just a savage. Maybe someone should enlighten me on it. Here's the thing. I think that... I think that like people can open up their palates to drinking wine, but I think that what it boils down to is that they need enough like words to be able to to describe things and people people really open up their vocabulary and say the first thing that comes to their mind when they're speaking mm-hmm. about the wine and then and then the uh, descriptors will be there and then they make sense. Mm-hmm. So if you just let the words flow then mm-hmm. then uh next thing you know, you are describing it properly. And if you're just going for... Uh, <laughs> is that a good up or a bad up? No, that's, you know, that's my first drink of the day, so... Yeah. So smelling so smelling that one, I'm getting a uh, cured meat yeah. bologna sourness. Well, I know what it is, but I usually can drink Malbec without any problems, but that one, I, one sip, I, and it was, I, I felt the burning on my tongue. Oh, no. So it's, I definitely can't have that. Mm. For those of you listening who don't know, I'm allergic to certain red wines. I don't know why. It's not all of them. Sad day. Well, no. <laughs> I, I well, I used to drink red wine, red wine, red wine. <laughs> I used to get red wine. That sip really affected you. Yeah, yeah. But, um, no, I, I just am a stutterer. But um, I can drink. I used to drink red wine, and you know, I was allergic to it. I drink it anyway because I got really messed up. Yeah, and that was the whole point. <laughs> yeah, and a passing out. I mean, alcohol is just poisoning yourself, right? So I was doing it more. Was well, instead of poisoning myself, poisoning myself, I would just have an allergic reaction, which is. Probably safer, in some ways. (laughs) Well, a wise man once said, "More for me." Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which, I may actually go and grab a beer. All right. I can drink along with you guys. Fabulous. Hopefully, this is not sound too loud on the microphone. Okay. Bye. Okay, but I'm gonna play the dogs now. So you know, I haven't actually bought any wine from Aldi before, and this was basically. you know, you go to Aldi and you hear all this reputation about how they're the you know large purveyors of organic produce and, mm-hmm. and gluten-free products and mm-hmm. all these things. And so I don't go there that often. So when I do go there, I find myself being more adventurous and trying to find products because then you, then you start getting into the issues of um, the buyers, the corporate mm-hmm. buyers for mm-hmm. the stores and what products that they find and are able mm. to negotiate prices on, mm-hmm. you know? So what if this is an unheard of, uh, what if this is an unheard of vineyard uh, and they didn't want to sell to estates for blends mm. and wanted a name, but they weren't able to fetch their price or, you know, whatever whatever uh, factors go into, you know, people purchasing wholesale for, mm-hmm. for grocery stores. Mm-hmm. So I find myself at Aldi trying to, check out some of these lesser known products sure uh you know regardless of price and that's not me justifying buying this cheap ass bottle <laughs> you know what they talk about like a uh, two buck chuck yeah, yeah two buck chuck yeah for sure that thing was i mean now what do they call it uh three dollar ted hmm. <laughs> no what is it now i don't know I it, it can't be two dollars anymore is it hmm. I have no charles idea. whatever you do you know what you're talking yeah. about yeah 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 charles Charles Shaw, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I think they have it at Trader Joe's. Also, for those of you listening, uh, there have to be two dogs right now. Yeah, uh, there we are. have Waffles we have a Plus. Visitor. That's, that's a ten. 
Whoa! <laughs> uh, listeners, sorry, we may have to sign off. <laughs> Meeting each other. Yeah, Teddy the Taco Circus Dog. Yeah, that's right. Having a doggy play date here. Yeah. All right. Everything all good, dogs? Yeah, I think so. Their, t- their we'll tails, are, tails yeah. are wagging. It's yeah. cool. He always has to assert himself. He thinks it's a great, great day. Yeah. Oh, waffles. I know, right? Snapback waffles. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Waffles is also very protective and jealous of anyone yeah. who shows affection to me, including Christine. A little bit. No he does not like it when Christine touches him. Whoa. Yeah. He like freaks out. How come how come uh Waffles didn't make that attachment to you? I instead. Don't know. I don't know. I think he likes boys more. Yeah, that's why I told Maybe us that's I, it. It's I was told that's part of the reason why he identifies with men better. Oh, is he more. laying on your quilt? Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Look at him. Yeah, so I've had Teddy I've had Teddy uh for like twelve 12 years now or, or yeah. so and he uh he was already a couple of years old and i got him as a rescue so i got cable one day in my apartment and then i was like all right well i'm gonna get you know i'm gonna get a dog mm-hmm. now as well and uh <laughs> the guy was like well i'll bring the dog over you know mm-hmm. so you can see him mm-hmm. and uh knocking at the door was the cable guy again <laughs> i was like what's up yeah. he's like I'm here with the dog. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. So you know, on his routes, this guy, he, uh, you know, he would find stray dogs on hmm. his while he's installing cable, and uh, that's that's where he found Teddy was walking in the rain. Hmm. Such a such yeah. a cute story. So then yeah. I had him. So then I went over there. He, he brought him over. Wouldn't give him to me then. Made me come over to his house. So then I go to his house, and his house doesn't have any furniture in it except for in his room. Mm-hmm. Oh, the whole thing was a dog run, his whole house. And so he had all these mm. stray dogs in there. Jeez. And it was a madhouse, but they would run, you know, in a big pack around his house. That's <laughs> and uh, Teddy, he was, he was kind of into it, but not too into it. Yeah. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I like his personality. So that. So then, after that day, after that day, then I ended up getting him. Yeah. And then, like, I'm young. I'm not spending the time with him like I needed to. I'd put him in the backyard, and he would dig his way out, mm-hmm. and just be gone. Oh man. And then always Jeez. come back. Well, that's good. He came back and was home. Yeah. Yeah. He always comes back. So now he just he doesn't really wear a leash. He kind of walks himself. I had to like oh, cool. let everybody on the block like let them know like this is Teddy. Don't take him into your house. Like, he's gonna walk around. He's gonna he's yeah. gonna walk around and come back. Yeah. So cool. if I know he's gonna have to, if I know he's gonna have to take a poop, then I'll go with him because I don't want him just pooping in people's yards. Yeah. But uh, so I'll give him that morning poop and then maybe an afternoon one. But if he <laughs> wants to go out, I just let him out sure, and yeah. just go wow. run around and come wow. back. Everybody in the neighborhood's warming up to him pretty nicely. Awesome. Yeah. Is the cat door open right now? Yes. Oh. It It'll be all right. You know, he he I has a lot of freedom, so he doesn't spend his time trying to get out of things. Okay. You know, he's he's good like that. Okay. All right. What should we talk about? Dogs? No. no. So what else? What else can we talk about here? Uh, Mostly I was thinking of what you do in town, but, you know, whatever. Well... Because we you know, met this, you at your shop. Yeah, well, you know, the taco circus is the first. Taco circus is the first thing that, my first project, and you know, it's kind of actually, you know, I'm really enjoying, I'm really enjoying it, but it's actually taking longer than 
I thought it would. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to go multi-unit pretty pretty quickly mm. after that, but uh, what it's ended up being is more like reputation building and trying to keep this trying to keep this uh, small business together. But there's a lot of other there's a lot of other things that I that I wanted to uh, to do here in this city, uh, mainly with like space because mm-hmm. of how how cheap space is. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of warehouse space. You know these type of things. So if you want to, if you want to exploit that type of uh, situation, then you want to start looking at you know what you could put in those. So I want to open a toy store after Taco Circus. So mm-hmm. first, so next thing is get the patio on Taco Circus. Mm-hmm. We're still working on that. Mm-hmm. Then then hopefully you know a drive through in order to you know really reinforce the value of the of the fast food aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how fast our ticket times are, and um, you know the products that we're using. You know, and maybe just add to the add to the notion of you know fast food for for people. The toy store thing is, I kind of feel like Toys R Us is kind of too cross branded. You know, marketing with movies mm-hmm. and and uh, mm-hmm. the products and licensing and and cross promotion between. Between uh, you know a McDonald's mm-hmm. and a TV show to go along with the movie mm-hmm. and the toys mm-hmm. to go along with it, and I think back to like old Japanese wind-up toys and and you know other other uh, toys that didn't have anything to do with with uh, Disney or Warner Brother, you know, movie tie-ins, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like there's a whole other segment of toys that could be. Uh, sold and and it would change the reason for people going to toy stores uh you know it would be a place that you just go visit and go people watch Mm -hmm. make it that type of size Mm -hmm. have have lots of different price points where you know no one's walking out of there Mm empty-handed they're getting a little dollar something yeah you know this you can have your you can have your large trains going around you know the experience of FAO Schwartz mm-hmm. you know I think that that I think that that place failed probably because of the real estate becoming a premium in mm-hmm. New York and not sure. necessarily because it was a bad because it was a bad uh, mm-hmm. model mm-hmm. I, think I remember correctly it was because the, they raised the rent on the location or something they weren't actually didn't own the space they were in mm-hmm. and it was just jacked up so horrifically that you could not keep up sure so, you know, bringing, bringing the whole uh, visiting a toy store for the experience uh, type of thing back to the toy store. Whatever, pipe dream number one. Hmm. Yeah. Did you ever go to Toy Joy? <laughs> That's exactly, so Toy Joy has, Toy Joy is one of the places that, that is exactly modeled at, yeah. you know, that mm-hmm. this idea is modeled after and, yep. it, you know, is a proven concept. Mm-hmm. Toy Joy is a toy store in Austin. That has bins and bins of small, mm-hmm. uh, small you know Asian wind up toys mm-hmm. and you know just balsa wood planes. Anything you could want. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and not just that, not that brand heavy, not that brand heavy you know toy marketing. Commercial to, stuff. Yeah, to have mm-hmm. all the kids playing with the same stuff. Yep. I mean, this Toy R Us is weak. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Where'd your interest in like antiquing and thrifting come from? Man, probably a hoarding at my dad's house. You know, like, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> my my dad my dad is a uh, a very eclectic person, mm-hmm. and uh, and then my mom's always had really small spaces, and she was an artist. 
you know, little one-bedroom apartments just filled with drawers, drawers of art supplies and, and these type of things. So, like, that plus, like, whatever, pop art, mm-hmm. you know, the human, the, without sounding, you know, too pretentious about why I collect old toys, <laughs> but, you know, seriously, the collective consciousness of the, of the American dream, you know, and um, that really defined that really defined everybody. Now, of course, a lot of people are disillusioned by that now that it's 2016 and no one really actually believes in that anymore. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is is that we still have this heritage of, of like American optimism mm-hmm. and, it, and it was shown on the faces of these toys almost mm-hmm. to where it's kind of like if you walked into an abandoned, if you walked into an abandoned building and saw what, what once used to be happy is now now decaying you know you see these toys with these just completely unrealistic optimistic looks on their face and like sure. toys don't even really look like that anymore sure. <laughs> so uh that plus plus the uh the hand done you know expressions uh of which these things are made are just uh, just a whole lot different and then if you start getting into if you start getting into pop art and like uh hitting you over the head with sensory perception sure. uh, you know it really starts it really starts to make an effect on you so it's pretty much my like entry level into like art collecting mm-hmm. and like things that things that'll make you feel a intangible intangible way mm-hmm. you know I have I have like a really small art collection you know I'll buy pieces from up-and-coming artists that I'll find on Instagram for, you know, $20 for a, mm. for a pencil drawing, mm. you know, or, you know, I've got a couple of, like, $100 pieces, but, you know, just stuff like that to where, like, I don't know, I just try and surround, try and surround myself with intangible, with intangible uh, artistic expression and then see where that, see where that leads me. See if I can go way out far like this and then bring it back in sure. in a practical manner. Cool. cool. Yeah, one in, uh, you know, we did a video with you way back when we first started in Taco Circus and also with, with Mikey Carrasco. Mm-hmm. And I remember in that video uh, you said that St. Louis is a land of opportunity. Totally. So, you know, that's why I'm sitting here talking about, like, pipe dreams when I haven't even, like, when I haven't even finished this other one. That's just because, like, in my nature, like, regardless of what happens with with this place, like, that's what I'm here to do. Otherwise, I'm not even really trying. Life can be soul-crushing if you're not sitting there, like, following something that makes you happy. And uh, and that was pretty much it. It never really was about the money. It was just about having the, having the freedom to... Uh, put ideas into action and, and, you know, make them a real thing. So same thing with that, not trying to be like too romantic about the situation, but, you know, in a, in a practical, in a practical manner, like I'm here to try and get stuff done. I've made some really, I've made some really good friends this year. I mean, even in my, even, even in the cities that I've lived in before, I always felt like a traveler or like a loner in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and now I'm like actually like starting to see community build for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. which is which is good to see and which I feel like is rare a lot of times especially in like a a world where like if you didn't take a picture of it then it doesn't really exist it's <laughs> kind of like it's different rules on making connections with people and like 
building a cool like consciousness that you can call your own never mm-hmm. no one really wants to latch on and be a part of something you know lest they leave themselves vulnerable to to any type of uh mm-hmm. criticism so mm-hmm. hopefully you'll see more vulnerability hope you'll see more people reaching out you know and that's why like if you see me hitting pumping people up that's just because like i really i really want people to know that they're not alone out there uh when they're going for theirs and, and they're when they're trying to make stuff happen. I mean, what do you think it's really different about St. Louis than other places? This town can be extremely loyal. They might be slow to warm up on things, but this town can be extremely loyal to uh, to those who the, who they believe in. I mean, have you ever seen like the clientele of Blue City Deli and like mm-hmm. how they feel about mm-hmm. Vinny? You know, mm. yep. Uh, mm. That's that's a that's a beautiful thing. Mm. And uh, that's some real homegrown, you know, St. Louis, St. Louis energy that people feel a part of. So just kind of like how they talk about it being like the best sports town or the best sports fans. Like people here, uh, they hold their guard up on things, but they're also, I just feel like they're inherently good people here. Might be a little bit violent here, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, uh, you know. I haven't lost hope in it. And, you know, the traffic is good. <laughs> Compared to Chicago, most certainly, or Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty... You, I feel like I could hop in my car and get anywhere in, like, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Uh-huh. The airport, way on the other side of town. I'll, like, someone will call me and be like, I just landed, and I'll drive, sh- sh- you know, dead ass from Bevo Mill out to the airport as soon as they call me, like... From the runway, mm-hmm. and uh, I won't tell you now that people know my trick. You can do it. Cool, cool, bro. <laughs> Don't go when they tell you to go. Go when they call you from the plane. <laughs> Promise you'll make it there on time. Cool, cool. I love this town. Maybe fix the potholes a little bit. What did you want to be when you were a kid? What I want to be when I was a kid? Yeah. At what stage? Because. You what know? what do you want to talk about? Yeah, it's weird because you know I've done I've worn a lot of hats. I went from straight out of high school. I went into a uh, <clears throat> job with Hoover's dot com, which is a Dun and Bradstreet company doing online editing for um, stock market hmm. earnings, and uh, I did that for three years until the. Uh, internet bubble burst Hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh that was strange too because that company had content so you know the bubble the bubble burst as a result of advertising hits taking a plunge in their worth Hmm. you know back then they were literally charging like a cent or half a cent per per hit sure and that was and that was way inflating companies value well then they're like this isn't translating into sales. These hits yeah. aren't translating into yeah. sales. Uh, matter of fact, a hit is only worth you know point zero zero yeah. uh, one of a cent. <laughs> you know, and uh, but they had con- they actually had content on their website. So yeah. in, in subscription. So even though they were a public company and they took a hit as a as a internet company, they were actually you know they were actually producing products. So. Mm. So, um, I thought I was going to do that and I thought I was going to go into advertising, you know, as a kid, Mm. I was, as a kid, I was a tagger 
So I was big mm. in so I was big into logos and uh, font making. So mm. I definitely miss my call. Definitely <laughs> miss my call, like in some type of uh, art capacity. Well, it's still time. Nah, I don't think so. No. Yeah, maybe for maybe for my own self satisfaction, but like, man, I'll tell you because the guys who I thought were gonna go who who were gonna go on to be great artists that I grew up with mm-hmm. didn't, mm. and the ones who continued practicing every day became better than than mm. I ever imagined. Like mm. ten, fifteen years later, mm. watching watching their progress, and then mm. them just and being like me thinking back, like, man, you you didn't even have the potential you didn't have the you know the your star wasn't shining you know like mm. there were other people who were brighter than you mm-hmm. but then you know through through pure you know, perseverance and then there's other people who were who were great and then uh were scared of their own shadow and never practiced to get down on themselves and then and then uh never do anything uh about it mm. so then i went into concert promotion and was throwing uh, underground hip hop shows, bringing guys in from the West Coast, out of L.A. This this group of uh, underground rappers out of L.A., and the shows would bring you know whatever 150 people to like 800 people to these shows. Mm. They were doing really well. I was I was having a following, but I didn't have the money to constantly be booking. So I would do like mm. I would book one show a month. Mm. Spend all month promoting just one show sure. instead of yeah. promoting six shows on the same flyer, mm-hmm. and then having to rent out a bar, having to run the show plus make sure no one's fucking me on the door, mm. you know, and then having to negotiate, you know, if I'm getting any of the bar sales, which sure. a lot of times they I wouldn't, and then bar owners seeing the my following and fucking trying to steal it and book the shows themselves. Sure. So yeah. I didn't, you know, so I didn't have mm. any. I didn't really have anybody on that, and I needed a. I needed a bar. I wasn't twenty one at the time yet, and you know, just didn't even have the wherewithal. And no one else really working on it with me. So I did that for a while. <clears throat> then I started throwing gangster rap shows. This is around the time that uh, <laughs> Screw DJ Screw was was uh, still alive at mm-hmm. the time, mm. and uh, this was right around the time that he died. One of the last shows that I did was for this Texas Relays, which was like a big... It, Texas Relays is a the largest collegiate track meet mm. that happens, and so it's just like a big... It's like a big black party, like Freak Nick mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like sure. that. So people will like fly in, have their Bentley ship there, mm. you know, and just outrageous cars lining, <laughs> lining the streets and mm. motorcycle gangs and... You know, rough riders and, you know, guys mm. on crotch rockets and chicks on the top of hoods, you know, butt naked, shaking their ass. And, like, it's just, a, it's a great party. <laughs> so, the, so one of the last shows that, so one of the last shows that I did was, it was going to be Slick Rick oh, yeah. and uh, Dougie Fresh yeah, yeah. and wow. UGK, UGK and a bunch of screwed up click people who were big, mm. you know, regional there. And uh, Pimp C from UGK ended up getting locked up, so that kind of messed up the billing, Mm -hmm. because they didn't play that often, so it was going to be a huge deal. The other thing is, is that this money that I put in, I put, this one I wasn't doing by myself, 
Now I actually wasn't even taking the lead. And the guy who was taking the lead didn't coordinate with like any of the athletic organizations that were coming into town that are kind of driving these huge groups mm-hmm. of people at the time mm-hmm. to, to go where to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So right down the street, BET is there with a huge camera huge camera crew mm-hmm. driving all the people there. Meanwhile, we had this big open parking lot with no one in it, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone else just walking around unwilling to go in this into mm-hmm. this thing. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we had rain insurance, and it rained enough to where we got our we got our money back. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. after that, I was just like, I simply do not have the infrastructure in place in order to be a mm-hmm. concert concert promoter. Me and one of my best friends at the time. We also uh, were buying songs for a gangster rap compilation. And this is at a time during the late 90s where people would just buy albums based on who were on these who were on these uh, albums. So like if UGK had a verse on an album, people would buy it sight unseen. And every Tuesday and every Thursday, albums came out. And in all these mom and pop stores that existed through Texas, they were buying these screwed up click albums mm. with n- no promotion on them. Mm. They would just show up on Tuesdays and Thursdays and buy whatever was there. Mm. People love music that much. They'd buy a $16 album for one song mm. if they heard it was good. And, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't have PCs. There wasn't a lot of burning CDs sure, going yeah, on. Yeah, the bootleg yeah. scene hadn't hadn't blown up, really. Yeah. Um, and people were selling 30,000 copies of their albums with no marketing, sure. no promotion, just putting it in these stores mm. and having the right names on them. Sure. So you're talking $300,000 off of, you know, spending ten to buy these features off of these people because they just getting cash sure. off of it so Zero was a guy we bought a song from Zero Trey these are all like these are all southern rappers bought a song from Little Flip bought a song from uh, Gangster Nip who was like you know one of the first horrorcore rappers he was on rap a lot this is all you know real regional rap stuff that like I said it'd sell like 30,000 copies I was into it mm-hmm. and um and if you were, you know, it's kind of comparable to, to a time period where, you know, it was regarded as a, as a special time, you know, in, mm. in, um, the, uh, amount of output that was going on, sure. the, co- the cohesiveness of it, uh, people getting swept away and mm. there was a car culture going along with it when mm. big rims on cars, um, you know, were, were coming out, putting TVs in cars and, you know, this type of thing. You mean like on the uh, driver's side or? Yeah, you know, like put it, put it on your visor, yeah, like right yeah. here. You're trying to drive, yeah. and then like have like TVs like facing out the back window, so that I guess the person behind you can watch TV. Yeah, that's, that's right neighborly. Yeah, for sure. Up to date. Uh, I'm gonna have. I think next car I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a fucking stock ticker in the back, so that everyone can know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Well, I want to put a thank you. Uh, thing on the back of my car system lets me in when I want to go into a lane. Yeah. The question says, thank you. I'm the biggest waver. 
Yeah. I'm, I wave the fuck out of people when yeah. they let me down. I'm just like, do I wave at everybody, that? even if they're doing like, something asshole-ish. Yeah. Like, or give them the thumbs up. I let yeah. people in. I'm the least road ragiest person yeah. ever. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll cuss at you under my breath. But you're never going to see me driving crazy and trying to get you back. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never going to see me like not letting you in and fucking oh, yeah, get yeah. satisfaction from that. Yeah. Like, I'm the coolest fucking driver. Maybe it's the amount of weed that I smoke while I'm driving. I don't know. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> Yeah, but I, I really do like when I'm in the car it's one of my only times I'm ever alone mm-hmm. first off so sure. when I'm in the car I'm chilling I'm listening sure. to, I'm listening to my music or I'm making a phone call complaining to my mom about everybody like what the fuck is wrong with everybody and my mom's like That's I know I know she's yeah. like I know they suck <laughs> <laughs> like, alright thanks mom just making sure She's like, she's like, yes, that person does suck. All right, all right cool. <laughs> Call you back. <laughs> so, so what's some of your uh, favorite things going on in the St. Louis food scene right now? Or favorite people? Man, I, I, I really want to go to that new El Bronco. Uh, El Bronco. Uh, Taqueria? Well, they have, a, they have a seafood restaurant. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, like right there on Cherokee. Nice. And oh. every time I every time I bring it up to somebody, they're like, it's the Midwest. You're going to go get going to go get seafood at the Mexican food restaurant where they're going to have, you know, like cockroach-sized little sh- shrimp on there and I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going. I'm going to want to see these recipes. I don't yeah. give a shit what kind they could be using, you know, farm-raised Catfish, I don't give a shit. I'm going. Cool. <laughs> hey, catfish the price really good. Yeah, man. I'm just like, I don't care. You know, the, you know, they're like, are they going to the airport and getting it? And I was like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to the, <laughs> eat this tomato-based sauce poured over this shrimp with some Monterey Jack cheese on it. I don't give a fuck. I'm going. But anyway, I haven't gone yet. Um, you know, since we're talking about Cherokee, uh, I don't think that William Porter over at Master Pizza gets enough uh, exposure for all sure. of his mm. all of his uh, community building efforts, mm-hmm. and uh, you know his sauce is a little too sweet. I'm not the biggest fan of his pizza. I'll eat it when I'm drunk, and he's my buddy. Can't even believe I'm saying that out loud, but I have to have my opinion respected. <laughs> sure. But like yeah. what he's doing, you know, and every time I over there in his. He's just got a huge open door policy, and he's got so many people passing through there, mm. and it's something that I try and do myself as far as, like, uh, you know, people coming and speaking their mind and, and feeling at home in a place and, and, and having a gathering space. Uh, I, really like what, I really like what he's got going on, almost to the point where it's like he's got his pizza business, and he's got his community. He's sure. got his community outreach mm-hmm. running, running side by side, and uh, and so it's and so that's a good thing. Um, uh, I know we were talking about food, but I'm still on, I'm still on Cherokee. Uh, Cave over at Blank Space. You know, mm-hmm. he just start. He just took over at twenty seven twenty with uh, Josh Loyal. So I really like the booking that that they have going on over there. As you can see, I'm I'm you know into the music scene part of it as well just kind of like the whole it's kind of like the whole nightlife thing i kind of kind of feel like it goes hand in hand Mm -hmm. where have i eaten lately that uh i just went to edibles and essentials today oh yeah great place he's you know stupid ass name though (laughs) sounds like fucking selling candles (laughs) 
Sure. Edibles, yeah. edibles and essentials. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but no, no, no. I, I, I didn't make, make fun of that, by the way. Uh, actually, it's a great place. Really oh, I love, yeah. no. You know, in fucking, I don't, how do you say his last name? Um, Chef uh, Borshart? Yeah, I can't remember. He, he was one of my chef instructors 10 years oh, ago. really? Oh, I went to LaCole. I'm going to admit it. I went to fucking LaCole. Fuck nothing, it. Hey, nothing wrong with that. No, nah, okay. that place. No, nah, you know, it is, what you, it is what you do with it. Jason Sparks from Layla was uh, one of my chef instructors, too. Oh, wow, cool. And, um, I mean, he's a consummate professional. Yeah. And anything that he does is rock solid down to his, like, peanut butter cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a damn so, fine cocktail, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, I just went there today, and uh, I'm I'm really happy for him. And mm-hmm. he, uh, I think he'll do well. You know, him being around for so long, I'm sure he's got mm. he's got plenty of clientele. Sucks about Matthew's Kitchen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was very sudden. Yeah. yeah, and I actually heard about it a little bit before it happened because I heard it was someone where I was at Grapeseed, right around here too, with a uh, Ben Anderson's place. Mm-hmm. And someone I uh, was mentioning that who was actually delivered the stuff to them that they weren't doing it anymore because they were closing down. I was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I have to admit, I actually never ate there. No shit. Yeah, missed it. And I feel bad about that, but that's the way it happens sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Of course, uh, of course, good fortune. Mm-hmm. I want to I see what they have going on there. Mm-hmm. And um, I wonder, you know, I really like... Uh, you know, and I shouldn't be saying this because it's a competition, but I really like uh, Mission Taco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's it's completely different. It's completely different than than mine. Mine's just like pared down, fundamental. And yeah. They're just like dressing it up with all this stuff, and like I understand that that trend is kind of played, you know, and people are like taco this, taco that, and almost <laughs> to the point where you know it's patronizing. You know, sure. mm-hmm. to the thing, but like, they're they're doing it. They're doing it correctly, and you know, and it has to exist. And like, they're using quality ingredients, and like, mm-hmm. not skimping on price. I mean, their food cost has to be outrageous. Mm-hmm. You know, but you can subsidize that a little bit with mm-hmm. your when you have a drink program. Sure. Yeah. When you have a drink program going. Um, yeah, they make their own masa and everything, right? They make their own masa. Did it? Did they make their own flour tortillas now too? I don't know. I know it was just corn at one point. But. Mm. What else? You know, of course, Alex Cup over at Stellar Hogs coming in. Mm-hmm. He just brought over some ribs the other day. Um, mm. I had some smoked pastrami from there that was uh, stellar. <laughs> and uh, I had some ribs that were you know, a little sweeter than sweeter than I like, but the mm. uh, but the he pulled them he pulled them off of the heat at the perfect time, you know. Cause you can cook ribs, you can cook ribs till they're falling off the bone, and to the point where like you can eat the bone. Yeah, yeah, acabuco there. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's fine, and I and I like them that way. But you know they they don't they don't present well when you're trying mm. to slice them, and you sure, never yeah. know. You never know, and then you need every piece that you can. You know when you're selling those things, so you can't yeah. really afford that, afford to like cook them that way, and then and expect expect them to be okay. That being said, he pulled he pulled him at the at a at the good time, and I'm really looking forward to what he's got going on, especially us being in our neighborhood. And then these majorette people, uh, you know, they're opening up Beaver Mill. I don't know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll get themselves a good 
good uh, chef in there and not like, you know, you kind of get restaurants that are like fr- front of the house centric and, and uh, you know, feel like the, that the event space, you know, and the, and the uh, booking, you know, overshadows the food. Mm. I guess what I'm hoping is that they get a chef in there to where it's like really a food centric place mm. and not just not just for their events and everything, you know. That way we can start becoming known as a hotbed of of a, you know, culinary activity going mm. on over there in South City. Mm-hmm. I mean Morgan Ford and Gravoy, there's just I mean, there's a ton of empty empty restaurants over mm-hmm. there right now. It's sad. Mm. It really is. You get on the other side of Chippewa, and you know you're farther and farther out. Weird directions of the road spreading out from downtown like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just gets stranger and stranger as you, as you cross each, uh, you know, dividing line, into that. Who else am I watching? Pite Size Bakery. Oh yeah, great people too. Great people. Hopefully they'll get another location. They're already like outgrown that one. Yeah, as, soon as, as soon as they got in it, you know, I don't know. I really, I really want to see some wholesome fast food. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't. You know, that's that's really what I want to see. I want to see someone stepping their stepping their game up with the local with the local fast food stuff. Um, Do you have any asks or requests of the people listening? Not really. There's no call. No call to yeah. arms on on uh, on my end. Okay. I. Uh, it's it's been a great process, making making these things happen. Um, got pepper season, right now. Yeah, you got we've lots been, of nice peppers. I, you know, Who's your farmer? All over the place. Brett Hilling, over at Food Roof, and I used to work with Brett over at uh, Bailey's Range like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just a really good he's just a really good guy, son of a lumberjack. He stays busy. Cool. He mm-hmm. strikes me as one of those type to be like up at four thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, getting ready. No, no real call to arms as far mm-hmm. as any requests from the viewers, other than or the listeners, other than thanks for listening. All right. So, uh, where can people find you in person online? What are your stats <laughs> on the twitters and the yeah, Facebooks? Yeah, I'm on and Taco Circus, and then you know I got a personal page. You can find through Taco Circus's Instagram, and um, you can find me at Taco Circus from eleven a.m. to uh, seven p.m. I'm usually I'm usually there now, and we're closed on Taco Tuesdays. Oh, closed on closed on Tuesdays. Blasphemy. I mean, they just said that because of the alliteration, and they were just trying to. Well, they say Taco Thursday, make it Taco Thursday. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was just a marketing ploy to mm. sell off all their old food and just wrap it in a tortilla. Yeah. Like a fucking uh, meatloaf taco like uh, club taco. Let <laughs> <laughs> <Blue> me stop. <there. laughs> uh. Yeah, no, that was just a marketing ploy. Tuesday is our most dead day. Mm. And I'm not really trying to do like a 99 cent, you know, taco night and just yeah. have people rushing the place and cheapening the amount of effort that we put into mm. it. It's just kind of like, same price every day. This is really what I need to get for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Really can't be charging like that. Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder if this town would even give a shit if I if 
I didn't use like top quality, top quality mm. meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, My- I'm not gonna figure. I'm not gonna find out. I'm, try, I'm not going in that direction yeah. at all. I can tell the difference. That's big enough. That's big mm-hmm. enough for me. Like I don't. I don't like serving. Uh, commodity beef has a weird like pus corn like it's not salty but it's mm. got that weird it, it's got that weird nutty pus flavor to it mm. and milk is that way I can taste it in milk I can taste it mm. in I can taste it in crap beef and you know pork has pork has another flavor too if you're getting commodity pork uh, it's got its own it's got its own flavor so I won't go that way on that either well, I'm glad for that. <laughs> my chicken's not my chicken's not local though, mm. and that is a problem. But like, I simply can't find chicken thighs, boneless, skinless chicken thighs for cheap enough. Sure. Uh, to to, for me to be able to do it, mm. the amount of chicken that I the amount of chicken that I sell and how much it weighs in order to make a taco. Sure. You know when I was pricing it out, it was at like two ounces per taco, but. It's simply not happening that way when people are scooping it in, and after all, all, all said and done, it's probably more like three and a half ounces. Mm-hmm. Sure. And um, so anyhow, chicken's like the the only one that I make money on. Really, the mm-hmm. other ones are just like you just got to do a ton, a ton of volume on mm-hmm. on tacos. Don't let me complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, yes. well, dude, we could probably talk all day. But sure. I, I guess we won't. So <laughs> thanks for coming over. For yeah. sure. Thanks yeah. for talking cool. and bringing your Malbec wine. Yeah, it yeah, was look delightful. These dogs, these dogs look chilled at them. out. They're out. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Nice work. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to our interview. Tomorrow is what most of us know as Black Friday, going out shopping, um, or if you're like me, working. Saturday is also a really important event slash holiday that you should know about, and it's become known as Small Business Saturday. We here at We Eat Stuff, if you haven't figured out already, are really big proponents of small businesses, buying locally, shopping locally, giving back to our communities, our friends, business owners, and I encourage you to do the same. Keep as many of your dollars local and help make St. Louis bigger and better. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, This is about six months of episodes so far, and thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.